Yep, grab your mic. So, oh, I got to get that adjustment back. Oh, uh, is it steady? All right, I know it's like it's really fraggle. Are you? <laughs> it's we're like we're ready. All right, ready. so so we got to hold the mic like an MC, which is closer oh. than a broadcaster. Like literally, like yeah, like okay, like yeah, so you're like that? right. Yep, yep. Yeah, so. <laughs> So, so you can hear everything. Yeah, broadcasters <laughs> about here and shit. Yeah. Like, now we're yeah, like yeah, yeah. everything but cup and the mic is pretty much what okay. we're doing here. All right. So if you see if you see me like this, like oh yeah, wave at me. Let me get a stick. <laughs> I can just yeah. Hitching your shin like <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good to be away, little hometown. Yep. <sighs> you're live. Oh, we're live. This is happening. We're live. <laughs> We're right, live, then. and you're alive. All right, then. That's we, ma- <laughs> <laughs> we made it. We made it back to the bay. Survived night one. <laughs> yeah. How long are you in town? Uh, until tomorrow morning. Okay, so you get one more night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But but um, I mean, I have the game till like eleven, so I'm just right. Okay. Doing doing that. Do you edit after the game? Or do yes. You edit, like yes. right away. I do. I try to put some stuff out so it gets some distribution. Right. You know, okay. usage like hopefully like you know newspaper type stuff. Oh, like, word up! You know something like that. Okay, cool. Well, this looks and sounds great. Cool. We're about to get into this podcast. podcast should have its own theme song absolutely absolutely and since yeah. i rap and produce shit i ain't gotta hire nobody i just produce my own shit i'd be upset if you didn't have it right <laughs> like how you gonna not have your shit you good you good yeah, 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 yeah all right this is this is art to empire season two episode i don't even remember but we are here with my man Ben Liebenberg, and we're going to go back, back in time. I got my 2X shirt on from back in the tour days. I got my skateboard. I look damn near the same. The tummy's a little bigger. There's more grays, and I got knee braces on. But, like, we could, you know. You think you get all your two stairs still? Yeah, I could still do it. Yeah? I still have it. Maybe not landing it, but. But you would you try it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Brave. Two stairs? Yeah. You must see that 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 photography life keeps you without too many heavy impact injuries. Yeah, I don't have I don't have those kind of injuries. I don't I don't. Get, I mean, you have the, you have to look out for the you know two hundred pound lineman coming at you, but 
Yeah, that could that could <laughs> blow an ACL. Yeah, I definitely could. Yeah. All right, we'll get <laughs> we'll get into that, but we're yeah. about to go. I mean, me and Ben go back, 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 and he's gonna hopefully help me um, trace the origins of Ben, which we should call him. Document this. This mm-hmm. is our first main and only core photographer for me, which then brought into Dell as I started managing Dell. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to go back and start there, but real quick, do you remember when we first met? I do. I absolutely do. Right. It was uh, South Lake Tahoe. It was a uh, Dell show at uh, one of the casinos, oh. and you were um, you did you opened and did your 15 minutes, right? and you probably did cheese and butter. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this, uh, yes. I remember we were talking at the merch booth afterwards, and you had a postcard from the A-Team album release, and uh, oh my God. the photo is Ab and AC, yeah. and my friend that lived in Tahoe at the time had taken that photo, so we started talking about oh, that. Oh, the Who Framed the A-Team? Yeah, oh, yeah, my friend uh, Chris Wellhausen took that. Wow. Way back, way back. What a trip, so this has to be... That, that would be 99. What? When we met. No. Yeah. I wasn't managing Delta 2000... 2000 it would have been 2000 oh my god like so maybe we, okay. winter like winter of 2000 okay. like so barely r- real early on in the year right so okay that now i get it because yeah the first nationwide tour i went on i was obviously not managing dell i was assisting dell's manager domino yeah and that was a dell black delicious tour in 2000 so it was yeah that, that was, was that, it that was, was it. it okay it, yeah so so okay, good. So we go back before I managed Dell. This yeah. was like yeah, me you were, were managing for AC and Al, yeah, and then just did this first Dell tour, and then later that year, uh, went back out with Souls and Executioners to help them do merch. Yeah, and remember when we did that oh, road trip to Las Vegas? I I do. <laughs> I looked at the photo that of was me like, digging records in Yosemite. Yeah, that like was like later that year. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. So this is <laughs> even, this is even better. So like, yeah. So basically, we met. And then we must have kept in touch. And then next thing you know, we we did because I moved back to the Bay right. from Tahoe in um, end of summer 2000. Right. And it's, that's when we started like really like doing skateboard stuff and yeah. music and all kinds of stuff. I just started kidnapping you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one thing I'm, I'm, at some point I'm going to do like the Buku episode <laughs> and like have somebody else like yeah. be, you know, because like one of the one of the things that really if if i had a niche and what's helped me in in proliferation of my career or life just being involved with arts and music is relationship building and really empowering um, like a talented people at a very very early and just bring them in and just kind of you know give them equity and opportunity um and so i think you since you came before i managed dell was one of the very first ones as I got into this music world of like, you shoot photography, dope. I'm a decent, goofy subject and I do wacky shit with other people. So let's just start doing that. And just through that relationship, it was like, okay, well, we're doing this, let's go. Let's go skate, let's go. And all of a sudden, both I got this wealth of amazing photos and then you got access to a goofy subject and whatever else came from it. And then, you know, then we started managing Dell and it went. Yeah, I mean, that really that really skyrocketed me as well into, you know, shooting a lot of shoot, just shooting a lot of content, you know, and making really nice images. Right. You know, and traveling around and, and, you know, helped me learn a bit about business, 
helped me learn um, a lot about photography and, you know, just honing my skills as a photographer and a business person in right. those early days, you know, because that that's what it was. We were we were doing business out there. And, right. you know, it, it it was a it was a hustle, you know, every night. Yeah. And I think that's like, I you know, some people would say that was my Achilles is that I was too inclusive with, <laughs> with people in, on the business side of things. And But I felt like if everybody understood what was going on, we would right. all feel more connected and, and just be able to trust that <laughs> there's everyone's best interests involved and it's yeah. not just as totality. And at the time I wasn't managing anybody, but like I had a, a big say in things, but you know, just the laying the foundation of the relationship of that it was, it was, it was an exchange. It was a building. It was a sharing of talent. It wasn't like I'm this come shoot me. Right. You know, it was like, let's do this things together. And you would be like, Hey, let's go do shoot this. Let's go do that. And we just, we do it all. And these these photos became like pillars of my like just that era of my life right, and right. i didn't really have skate photos before then i didn't really have these like high quality photos and they've been utilized in my just nostalgia in my mind to remember but also used and utilized over and over in my oh, life yeah. whether it's like oh so you need a picture of me for a flyer or <laughs> right uh, we got into that then i started managing dell in 2002 mm mm-hmm. mhm and so, of course, who's going to be the photographer for yep. Dell? It's, you know, so we have Ben do that. And there's a Cali Com tour. Cali Com tour was the first one. Like, and yeah. So, and then it just snowballed in everything else. I mean, there's huge era of Dell photography from shows and from mm-hmm. at the house that can't, that turned into his album covers, record covers, skateboard artwork, you know, yeah. and like. I mean, which was a great thing because, you know, I was seeing my artwork on skateboards, on flyers, on, you know, you go to the, you know, Amoeba Records in San Francisco and you see your photo, you know, on an album cover and stuff, which was always super cool. So what was that era like for you, just like on your perspective? Because I'm just yapping over here. Yeah, no, it it was great because it won. It was a lot of um, just fun work with, you know, great people, you know, and we were making so many great photos and so many, I mean, we probably have the largest uh, archive of Del the Funky Homo Sapien uh, photos around, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for, for real. you know, but it was, it, it was just a fun time of just making really cool stuff and building those relationships and getting the access, you know, whether it was, you know, backstage and building up that trust, I right. think with all the artists that were around, you know, in that time frame, you Right. Know? That's great. Yeah. yeah. So it was good for you. Oh yeah, okay, absolutely, and <laughs> and that and that obviously you know helped me with a lot of uh, business sense in that era too. Right. And, you know, when I um, you know kept kept going and and eventually moved over into spo- the sports world. But right. when I was doing music stuff, there was a there was a lot happening, and it taught me a lot. Right. He's trying to be ninja. You can come in. This is this is a DIY. This is like yeah. a punk rock podcast. You can a little squeak in the back end never hurt nobody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. And what's crazy is like we're doing this podcast now. This is 2023. Um, this between September and November of this year represents. 10 years ago in this time was the beginning of the end for me managing Dell. Oh my God. Like literally like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my, see Facebook is amazing because it has memories and it, <laughs> it brings tells you the back. good things and the bad things. Just, yeah. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'm with Dell in Brazil right now. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as it, it really culminates to like November. But anyways, 
full circle, but we go, this is 20 years. This is yeah. 23 yeah. years of, of friendship. And so, all right, great. E great foundation. You guys understand, like, this is where we started. Like, this was pre-Buku managing. I was just tour managing just to do shows and just started. Uh, I never smoked or drank on any of these tours, so I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So <laughs> anybody came up to me like, yo, I do this, or like Grant James, hey, I'm a videographer at yeah. school and, you know, like I'm 18. I'm great. You're coming with us. <laughs> but I can't get in the shows. No, we're going to work that out. You're, you're going to come in. You're going to shoot. in the back door. Yeah, I have to keep you attached. <laughs> like some promoters would be like, yeah, he can come, but he literally has to stay with you. Yeah. Um, but, and it, that's how it became with everybody from videographers to DJs mm -hmm. to graphic design artists to whomever because I just, I was sober and I realized that all these talented people that really appreciated the artists that I managed, mm -hmm. that that enthusiasm plus their creative talent would grow into a mutual relationship that would be dope for everybody. Um, and just some of the dopest shit came out of that versus just cold calling, hiring some videographer from nowhere who just gonna come in who could care less about Dell. Right. And stuff like that. So it was personal. It was personal. It was that this is that's to be the definition of the podcast. It was personal. <laughs> so okay. So we're gonna get into these questions. Um yeah. What art, what art form is your art that you've turned into a business? I am a photographer by trade, okay, and profession. Um, I've been uh, started, you know, in the late '90s, and I'm still doing it today. And what did you go to school for? That was that something you got into before, like uh, as a child, or yeah. So I grew up taking photos, you know, traveling around um, with my grandparents, really. And always had cameras, you know, this is back in the 35 millimeter days, you know, right. you always had those like little point and shoot cameras. And so I always had that. I was always taking pictures on vacations. Ah. And then um, in high school, got like my first real camera with a couple uh, lenses and whatnot, started taking pictures of my friends skateboarding, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, you know, and just, it wasn't until, uh, I don't know, maybe 2000 or 99 2000 was when i realized you could actually go to school for photography right and um make a living at it you know and got um started working at a uh, got an internship at the lake tahoe daily tribune and oh, okay. that's okay yeah, and so the guys tahoe. there were like oh yeah you can do we do this and i was like really like this is great like i love doing this and then ended up going to um san jose state for photojournalism to get a degree and graduated there in <clears throat> 2003. Oh, so you weren't even out of college. No, you I was still in college when, right. when we met and was just, you know, going out on the road in between I was going to say, you always <laughs> seemed available. Yeah, <laughs> no. Way, I, hope we didn't. I mean, no, at a certain point, like, I think I realized, like, okay, like, I can learn more, you know, going out on, you know, on tour for three weeks than right. I can, you know, going to a couple of classes. Right. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad it helped and didn't hinder your. No, no, I actually graduated. graduated. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. So, all right. As of now, how long has it been a business for you? Uh, it's really been a business since, uh, 2003. So 20 years now when, when I essentially, when I graduated college and it was like, okay, now I have to make money doing this. Right. And you know, it was definitely a, a tough era of photography because all the newspapers are, and they still are, were laying off, started laying off right. all their photographers, their photojournalists, you know, were losing jobs. So, it's a big transition era. Yeah, you know, transitioning to more digital and online and things like that. So, there was a lot of um, cost cutting happening. And, you know, for someone coming out of college, it was really tough because, 
you know, you were competing for jobs with, you know, people that are 30 years in this business. Right, right. You know, as a photojournalist. Stones and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. CBGBs. And you're like, yeah, I just shot some. But I think rappers. that's what really helped me kind of, you know, lean more into uh, concerts and, you know, live shows was right. because there wasn't a lot. I didn't have like newspaper jobs or magazine right, jobs right. and things like that. So it's like you did you did what you could do. You know, and that's what was available because there was never really a shortage of uh, live shows happening. Right, right. Okay, so <clears throat> we're gonna flip this order of questions because mm -hmm. I can see this is we've got some good here. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so let's do this. Let's keep going from 2003, mm -hmm. but let's say let's start right now. What is your current role and job right now? Yeah, my current uh, job right now, and I've been there for um, 17 years. This I am the director of photography and lead for photo lead photographer for the National Football League, and I'm based in Los Angeles. Okay, so that's what I wanted mm -hmm. that to get out right now. Now let's go back. It's like we're going back a Marvel movie. Yep. We're going back. Yep. Okay, so take us from 2003. All the way into how you got into this job. Absolutely. So 2003, 2004, I'm doing a lot of music stuff. I got I got um, a call from a friend that I'd gone to school with who got me a job working for a photo agency in Los Angeles called Wire Image. Mm -hmm. And I came on board there to help them with their sports um, department. And they had just at the time acquired the commercial licensing um, partnership with the NFL. Mm -hmm. So they were selling all the photos for the NFL. Okay. Now so what do you mean selling all the photos? Selling the um, licensing photos f uh, for um, partners like Gatorade or Nike or anyone like that, that to uh, use okay, I got um, you. the NFL's intellectual property rights, right. basically, okay. you know, so you could use those photos to sell Nike shoes. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So they had just gotten that. So I came on board to kind of help them out with sports because I had a big sports background from college. Right. And um, so we started work. I started working, you know, indirectly with the NFL at that point, and we were managing their um, historical archive. Mm. You know, so they had, um, and we. It's still in the same place. It's been there for like twenty years now. It's um, in Hollywood, and that's where all of our um, analog slides are. We had it, we were scanning everything for them, right? Oh. So <laughs> the process of digitizing. Yeah, all this. <laughs> so we so we were working on that and got to know some of the folks over at the NFL. Um, fast forward a little bit to 2007, and the NFL decides, hey, we're gonna uh, build our own website called NFL.com. Right. And they called me up and asked if I wanted to come over and help with that. Did that and just things quickly evolved and you know. Um, Six months later, I'm shooting my first Super Bowl. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> 2007 Super yeah. Bowl. Oh my gosh, it's a good give one. Me, give me one team, and I'll pick out to the other team. Well, that'll be too easy. I'll give you the halftime. Prince. Tom Petty. Oh, that doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me one of the teams. Okay, Patriots. Okay, is it? It's not the first year Patriots. No, no, no. They won before then, right? They. I think they had at least three Super Bowls by then. God, who did they beat that year? Did they win that year? No. Giants. Giants. Ah, Eli. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Peyton Manning fan, so um, I'm really, really grateful for Eli yeah. Manning for doing that. The, the, the Tyree the catch. The Tyree catch. Yeah. Okay, okay. And, yeah, yeah. and funny story, but it, it never sees the light of day, but I have an amazing photograph of Randy Moss catching the touchdown right before the David Tyree catch happened. Right. To give them the lead. Right. 
And it's one of my favorite photos, but it never gets used. <laughs> right. It's quite overshadowed by <laughs> yes. the ball to the helmet. Yes. Leaning back, arched. So for about three minutes, I thought I had the game-winning photo of the, you know, <laughs> touchdown, game-winning touchdown right. at the Super Bowl, but right. turn, things uh, quickly escalated. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, there was probably nobody yeah. there that thought the Giants had a chance to win, yeah. which is, neither did I, but I was very grateful they did, because, <laughs> uh, you know, being a paid Manning fan, Tom Brady was in the way quite a bit. Yeah. So. Yep. But, you know, big up, you know, in the South Bay, big up Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Now that he's retired, we can we really <laughs> yeah, just we love can. him and appreciate him. Yeah. He's not the villain anymore. <laughs> Uh, so okay wow so six months later after joining you go okay so continue so yeah then that that turned into the role just kept getting bigger and bigger you know as we grew right you know we started with maybe i don't know for a website maybe 20 people right and the, the nfl network was very new it was probably only two years three years old right. at that point you know so you know things um kept growing and growing and growing you know and now we have you know a couple thousand people right. working in our office and you so you just were right there like at the beginning yeah the beginning, when, beginning. when i came on board it was like we don't have a website yet we're going to build everything right now right you know and it, and we spent the first you know it was probably the first like <clears throat> three months that i was there just building the website you know like you know from my standpoint i was working on the photography side of things you know helping them you know, get photo galleries ready right. and figure out how we're going to display images on the on the website, what it was going to look like, things like that. Jesus, Crimson yeah. Tide. Yeah. So, damn. So, from 2007 and then now it's 2023. Yeah. And so, you're, I mean, damn it, you damn near started as a senior. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it started as the only person there. Yeah. So, you know, you're the, you're the. Yeah. Now we now we're pushing the Omega. now we're pushing a team of twenty right yeah and, and you're and you're the OG they call you the OG yeah they call me something <laughs> <laughs> wow so yeah okay so then yeah I mean I've watched it um, just from afar and from social media and just from directly to you it's like you've shot everything from the draft to the Super Bowls and I mean mm -hmm. I'm a big football fan and so there's just so a gazillion moments. Of the time, so we're not gonna. We're this is a podcast about how to turn your art into a career. So we're yeah. not gonna just turn it to like a sports podcast. <laughs> uh, although I, I could and just make something else. <laughs> but really quickly, yeah. Uh, what is your favorite shot? Top two. I know there's probably many, but like one of your one of your one of your favorite shots, opportunities that you whatever, whether Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, this one catch, this. You know, oh man, that's whatever. such a tough. It's such a tough one. And I get this one. I get asked this a lot. Well, I think, I think one of my favorite photos is the one we talked about, the Randy Moss touchdown, because right. it's like the the safety's like laying on the ground, looking up as Randy Moss is catching the ball. Right. You know, and I, I really like that. You know, but I think there's always just like great moments. You know, I've I've been lucky enough to, you know, I've been to Brazil, I've been to Mexico, I've been to Germany. Right. You know, shooting football and all those overseas Jaguars football yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, like Stadium. you know, taking photos of. Uh, Russell Wilson working out on a beach in you know Rio, right, right, you know, right. Things like that, you know, just awesome moments. Being in like huddles at the Super Bowl, you know, right. Being in locker rooms, you know, I was in the locker room when um, Ray Lewis took his uh, pads off for the last time after winning the Super Bowl, right. Wow, you know. So just there's a there's definitely just a lot of moments that I've just been a part of that I I just feel you know tremendously lucky. Like it's a culmination of yeah of joy. Okay, well then let me ask you one last sports question and we'll get into this. Uh what rookie that you shot, you know, at the draft or whatever, where you actually felt like 
that dude is going to be the dude because not everybody who's drafted, especially in the oh, first yeah. round, speaking of <clears throat> Trey Lance, yeah. comes out. They look like the dude, but then they don't end up being the dude. Oh, man. Um, I think. <sighs> Could you tell Ryan Leaf was high? No, I'm, kidding, <laughs> no, that's, I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, uh, but I think like you, you see guys like you know, like say like Matt Ryan. You know, right. I was there in, when he got drafted. Right. You know, and, you're and that he, old. And, yeah, and he had 20 years or 17 years, probably 16 years in the league. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, you don't like. It's hard to say like, okay, is this guy going to have like a long, a long career? It's tough. Right. And you know, you right. see guys that you know I've photographed at the draft that you know make it three years and they're out of the league. Right. Right. You know, completely. You know, and so it's. I feel like they they put all this emphasis on you know scouting and and looking at these guys you right. know and they dissect every single thing about them. But I mean, look at like Tom Brady, right? You know, late round, right? You know, draft pick. Like there's, you know, there's uh, other guys just like that. You know, that on drafted guys that are in the Hall of Fame, right? You know, so it's like y- you you really don't know, right? You really don't. And I mean, obviously these guys are professionals and you know put a lot of um, you know training and, and whatnot into it, but right. You know, there's you see guys you and you see other guys you're like you can tell just like oh he doesn't even look like he even wants to be here like he's not <laughs> that interested in this. yeah right, yeah right right yeah i've seen those guys too right so if you could describe were you around for manzel right yeah okay i was in the green room okay so if you could describe the 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 vibe you got from manzel and and in one adjective what would be that word that would describe when you first like got the full feel of him um probably uh i feel like i would say confident yeah he he was really confident yeah (laughs) he was really confident that he was going to go first round and and yeah and be this you know great player yeah he had that kind of swagger to you know he came in with that swagger you know coming out of that like his college career and stuff and yeah you know yeah yeah that's real okay so yeah, that I just watched the the, the Manzo story, but yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah, he was. I mean, obviously, so confident. He just was like, I don't need the playbook. Yeah, who needs a playbook? Yeah, exactly. Playbook. He was. He was like, like a punk band at CBGBs. <laughs> like, yeah, I just do what I do. <laughs> right. Like, and get out of the way and let me do what I do. Yeah, and I think the NFL quickly figured out we know what you're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't do that at this level. Yeah. Yeah, you're among, amongst, amongst a bunch of alphas. Okay. All right, cool. Now we'll get back into this. All right. So, you know, how did you make the jump from shooting for personal passion into, like, mm-hmm. a career? Yeah, I think I think a lot of this, of my career path, has been networking. And right. people you meet, you know, people that remember you and call you when they need something, mm-hmm. you know, or need a photographer, they call you. And, you know, I've been in right places, right times, I think, you know, for the NFL job, you know, I just happened to be already working with them right? kind of indirectly and they needed someone. So they, 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 um, called me and asked me to come over and have a conversation. You know, it's like, even with, you know, you and I, we just met on a whim, right? you know, and, and that led to a lot of things, you know, it's, it's those networking, right? You know, the the photography world is a small small business. Right. You know, there's there's only a finite amount of photographers and you know people in this business that can really do it and do it well. You know, and, and they know they know who you are. And if you're you know not a good person, they're gonna know that. Right. Like, well, like yeah. you, like your reputation is is 
you know, has to be spot on in this business. Right. Which means your your quality of work has to be right. good and you probably should not be an asshole. You're exactly. Right. Because exactly. I was thinking like, I've, you know, I've had people over the years who will be like, like, you know, now they're all burly or they're balding. And they're like, hey, do you remember me? And I'm like, and they're like, dude, when I was like 14, you know, I was outside of the show and it was 18 and up and I couldn't yeah. get in the Dell show and you were just hanging out and we talked and you just said, here, come work merch for me. Yeah. And then now they're, you know, <laughs> and I just go, God, I'm so glad that I wasn't an asshole. Right. Right. So right. like, and then later on that becomes like a pillar of successful life functioning is like, just don't be an asshole because you really don't know who you're going to meet and who they are who they will become exactly because I, yeah. I mean i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of good photographers not work in this business anymore be, because of that one fact they're right. assholes <laughs> right so okay the main networking yep. you're that networking yep and there's a lot that goes into networking like not being an asshole having a, mm -hmm. a professionality of your self and also having a skill <laughs> yeah and yeah. building, it's building trust, you know, yeah. with people, you know, that they know that when they um, recommend you for something or call you up to hire you, right? They know, they know they that they can trust you to get the job done. Right, right. Uh, yep. Okay. So, <clears throat> networking that's big. Okay, mm -hmm. this ties into this. What are what are three main skills that have been the most helpful in you navigating the business of your art form? Well, I think I think there's um, one. It's I mean, you can't use networking already. I was going to say just like <laughs> photography skills in general, like stay up to date, like stay up to date on cameras. Right. You know, so you always know what's going on, how to use your equipment, th that kind of thing. I think mm -hmm. like um, knowing business, knowing business law, knowing IP rights and things right. like that, like super helpful and learned a lot of that in the music world. Right. Right. You know, right. Talking about, you know, publishing and royalties and, and things like that. Know, know what your your um copyright is worth right shit that's two yeah and and I'll, and <laughs> i'll just emphasize be a good human yeah like, that's a skill like be a good human so well, elaborate on that let's unpack as a kid yeah say, let's unpack that yeah absolutely what, what, what do you mean by being a good human well it's like you know you come into a room and and you know you're kind you're pleasant to be around like you you have to work next to people on the sidelines in workrooms, small spaces. Right. You know, so it's it's being um, easy to work with, being kind to others while you're out there. Right. You know, not not being combative, combative, like you know, pushing people all the way to try and get photos. You know, trying to um, just work well with others. Right. Like that goes a long ways. Truly, truly goes a long way. Yeah. All right. Well, we about to get into this final big set. It's like the first half. So we're gonna take a little break. And then we'll come back and keep going deep with my man, Ben Liebenberg. Blah. To the rescue. We're not captains, but we're saving folks. We're saving some Look up in the sky. 
sky. It's a bird, a plane, nah. It's your dream, seeming hard to obtain. Maintaining focus and straining notice. You feel the pain from the crabs in the crab bucket. Working hard to stifle your intentions. Constant descent, sabotaging your inventions. You become who you hang around. Can't take flight when your focus is on the ground. It's hard enough with gravity pulling at you. Without your folks and family taking stabs at you. Hacking away at your confidence, your being stock pumping your heart with fear and doubt through they beat squawk. Till your Robert Downey Jr. less than zero. EMC and I and Diesel will be your hero. The trio stands vast like the Rio Grande. Pulling you out of the quicksand, grab my hand. Grab my hand. Mr. Generous, Black Fletch, one. My job is not done until the job is well done. Autonomous King Iguan, I sweat the next dude. The royal blackness here to the rescue. Save him or her, save them, save those. Not a save, the saver, tell them to save hoes for shows. I'm getting that for show. Locks go on the fortress and foreclose. Then I'll participate, suppose the foes. Stop the violence and hip hop, yo. MTV raps as viewers in vogue. Hold on, you're never gonna get it, don't go. Thinking there's no one left to save the day. Underdog, follow the path, some pave the way. I hate to say, but the ones you least expect to stunt like Super Dave might break your neck. Create a threat to the scene and set. Marvel at my team up with D and Flesh. So keen they cling like wall crawlers. Spectacular, amazing, that's what y'all call us. This is Saturday night. The anti-kids vibe, document style, manager the slick talk. The right brother, alliance to just few fan first. The brother named George to the rescue. Yeah, at the break of dawn, I hit the hay. Cause the twilight, I take up on the beast of prey. Who spawn and crawl all over the earth like the blob. I rendezvous with the convents and pat and bomb. Young Diesel, man at arms, he nans mentor. Beast man is bitter cause I hit him with the cleansers. Sucker repellent cause busters be ignorant. Unpleasant but vigilant with the bowel movement. That be an accident, imagine the bewilderment. The central moment, they discover I'm not benevolent. Whoop fools with blunt tools. Play dirty pool, that's a courtesy too. You earn been grease brewed, a warm eyes view, but a nose for news that ain't got nothing to do with you. Hip hop carnal abuse, chargeable too. You common raccoons come home to roost. You try to take refuse, but I'm coming to get you. Decrease the dollar volume on your overvalued horse manure. Hit like the chorus. Score the Kruger. You come in form with the act of thought, stupid. Yo, the mineral extract, the trash compact, the massive taskmaster, classy Mac rap man, golden era bearer, futuristic ex dude, jumbo jet fuel. You can bet them to the rescue. Yeah, no one's rapping after that on this song. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll just let that be that. <laughs> he's he's, cha- he's he's tapping in the frequencies that we're not picking up on. Right. Clearly. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Ah. All right. So yeah, yeah. That was to the rescue, Buku One, a brother named George, Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Uh, one of them ones in the archive. I don't even know if I put that on the album. But I saved I them for the saved them for the podcast. Yeah, so. exclusives. <laughs> Exclusive new <laughs> shit. Um, but it's funny because this producer is a guy named Insightful. And I don't remember where I met him, but he's actually like high up in GoPro. He's been oh. there forever. And I think I met him before that, and I got there for a meeting for something else, and I'm just, they're like, yeah, do you know he's part of our meeting? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Once again, networking, right? Yep, just, exactly. 
keeping these stringing these relationships together because people move there they don't stay always in the same position same job and if you keep a good relationship then that relationship transcends exactly they'll call you when they get to their new spot yeah which is which is super cool um all right cool so we back at it art empire season two now mr ben 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 what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you think artists have when it comes to turning their art into a career or business? Misconceptions that the that are that they have that they have. I yeah. think that it's I think it, that it's going to be easy, right? That, you know, there's there people are just going to be throwing money at your artwork, <laughs> right? Right. You know, there's there. I think just anything in a creative world, it's tough to break into. It's tough right. to. Uh, get your uh, artwork out there. I think social media helps you nowadays. Right. You know, but b- back when, you know, it was when I was coming out of college and stuff, I was sending print portfolios to people. Right. You know, that was the social media. That Man. was my Instagram. You was on some, some serious Kinko's life or did you yeah. have access to like the college situation? Oh, how did, oh no, how no. Did you we do were it? printing stuff on wherever we could find ink. <laughs> <laughs> right, you right. You know, any printer that we could find, you know, Kinko's, uh, whatever. Right. You know, we were just trying to, you know, print and get your work out there, you know, because that was like you you had a you had a website. Websites were very early on. Um, I yeah. remember. I don't remember. Uh, was don't there remember, a BenLiebenberg dot com? There still is. There, well, I know there. Well, <laughs> there still yes, is. Yes, there there has been for a long time. Well, and, well, fine. But it there was, was a Buku One dot com. There was uh, who, no Buku One dot com anymore. It was probably whoever <laughs> was doing your site was doing my site at the very beginning. Oh, like probably. I can't remember who it was. I Someone think it, probably Jeff Lowy. Yeah. 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 Jeff built um dot <laughs> com to start it off. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's one. It, people assume it's easy. And, it, yeah. and a lot of times the hard understanding for artists is um props don't always equal money. You have to <laughs> yeah. you have to do something to convert like people admiring your work or saying right, that's right. dope or this looks hella clean. Yeah, it feels like, great when you get a, you know, a bunch of likes on Instagram, but that right. doesn't, you know, um, convert to like, you know, dollars in your bank account. Right. So that's uh, that's a big misconception <clears throat> is that it's going to be like since you're already dope, people are just going to be flinging money at yeah, you. Yeah, and you may and you may have some great um, work and you may be popular for a minute, but do you have that longevity too right. to keep going? You know, cuz there's a lot of people that, you know, by my especially now with a lot of <clears throat> excuse me go ahead get some water oh geez <laughs> you see what happens you just start holding the mic like an mc and all of a sudden you start like you're on tour yep. and you start getting hoarse i think there's that um miss like the the thought that you're going to you know make a bunch of money and you might make some money especially right now you know there's there's a lot of new ways to make money with right, your art right but having that long, longevity you know are you gonna ha- are you gonna be making that same money you know four years down the road and what what are you going to be doing four years down the road and, right and planning for that right because hot now don't mean hot forever exactly right so here's a here's a good question that i always love asking every artist entrepreneur person that we talk to on here is how do you go about pricing your work yeah, it's that's always a tough one. It's always going to be tough because I think you're going to have to have some variances in it. You know, you're going to have the there we go. You're going to have to have that variance because you know, not everyone's budget is the same, but also right. like, you know, you're you're not 
charging based on everyone's budget either. Right. Because, you know, my my talent is my talent. Right. You know, and and but you do have to be flexible, you know, because in and sometimes maybe you're going to be a little lower than you want and sometimes you're probably going to be higher than you want. Right. You know, which is a good thing. You know, and and I think ultimately that's going to, you know, keep balancing out. Right. So do you have an equation like how do you determine the charge x amount for this client or y amount for this client or you know, it, it's really based on what the the project is, the scope of it. You know, if it's, you know, five days of solid work, you know, that's going to be, you know, five day rates. You know, if it's going right. to be, if it's just shooting a football game, you know, that's one rate. If it's, right. you know, doing a lit portrait, you know, for a magazine cover or something like that, that's going to be a different rate. You know, so I kind of right. have, I kind of have, um, you know, different, uh, let's call them like just placeholders, you know, for different. Um, projects like starting points or yeah, ranges, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know, like I'm going to charge. I'm not going to charge the same for like a you know a studio portrait that I am for a football game. Right. Right. You know. Right. So. So when you do day rates, you do flat day or hourly. Do you ever do hourly? Like, I, what's I, the... I generally don't. I just do a like a half day or a full day. Okay. You know, yeah, so yeah. if you're if you're wanting me for an hour, that's going to be a half day because there's there's still right, some right. there's still some you know stuff on the back end to do. There's some stuff you know before the day starts to do and stuff. So it's right, really just going to yeah. That's a good half day and full day. Yeah, because then you know like a, a lot of the people I've interviewed have been like artists, visual mural mm -hmm. artists like that. Yeah. Some will do by square foot. Um, some will do by hour. Some mm -hmm. will just, I just pull yeah. it out of my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try to, yeah. Try to envision. Like, try to calculate. Yeah. Just ask a lot of questions. Yeah, like, yeah. tell me about this company. Tell mm -hmm. me about the project. Tell yeah. me about the who and the why. Just like engage. Like, do I like these people? Do I want to be working with them for a long period of time? Is yeah. there any other like peripheral profit beyond monetary that may be worth more than billing them my current rate and right and 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 that you know you might you know just to get your foot in the door maybe you lower that cost just a hair right right you know and that gets you in the door but that leads to 10 other things right 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 so that's cool day rate mm-hmm let's try it with dj and then yeah. and then there's different things like you know you think about like licensing for individual photos and things right. like that and that all varies based on usage um how many people are gonna you know see it if you're putting it on right a billboard right you know on the 405 freeway in la like you're gonna charge a lot more right you know if you're putting right. it like you know on the side of a building you're gonna charge a lot more you know if it's a small thumbnail in a magazine you're gonna charge a lot less right so these are so for for you and photography those questions like what are what are the questions you ask a client to help determine what it's going to be like what are what are some I mean, questions it, it can be like publication size right you know um how long is it going to run for like how long do they want rights for it right you know because you know you don't want to give up your like unlimited rights you want to make right. sure you know they're only using it for this one project right right you know and then if they want to use it again they have to license it again you know so you want to you don't want to ask those kind of questions you know you don't want to just leave it out there in perpetuity for them to use whatever, right. for whatever they want right you know it's 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 getting down to specifics and putting specifics in your invoicing and in your licensing contracts. Right. Yeah. Those ask questions, guys. Yes. Before yes, you, yes. before you slap a price at, at a client, ask questions yep. because on one end you may find out that their budget is bigger than you were about to ask. I've, I've done that. Oh, how much would it be for this piece? Oh, you man, two fifty and some pizza. And they're like, Damn. yeah. And you find out later, yeah. like the other dude got paid four grand. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. You know, but at the same time, the reverse can happen. You may be like, I need 10 racks for this. And they'll be like, 
all right, and they give it to you, but they never fuck with you again, and you find right. that they're tied to so many other things. Exactly. It's it's definitely. I don't think there's a right a a right number for every right project. You know, yeah. it's going to vary. You know, and and you have to weigh a lot of things when you're thinking about what that price is going to be. Right. Because like as we were talking about with entrepreneurship and your own business and stuff, you know, there's many forms of currency beyond just money. Right. There's the relationship. Mm-hmm. There's the prospect of long-term money coming from this relationship. There is exposure. There is credibility. Like there's so many things that we, if we, if we can, we should factor in when coming up with a number price because some of these things may be worth way more than just that fee that you were right. thinking you were going to charge because you got to pay your rent that month. Um, and there's so many stories of people who have um, overpriced and, lost a contact and someone who was willing to do more on the front end and mm-hmm. became that person's or that band's photographer for 20 years. Right. You know, and that's, that was always my stance like with Dell. Um, like when we did the EA skate game, like I skate, I know the importance of having independent music and video games as far as exposure. Like mm-hmm. there millions of people will hear it there. Yeah. So I'm already knowing like that's super valuable to us and we can't afford to pay for that just out of the pocket so yeah that's advertising giving it to us so my thing was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna try to give them a slightly less price than what they're saying their budget is because i want to do hella projects i want dell to be i want my goal was to get dell to be on salary for e is my vision Mm -hmm. to be paid on salary to be their in-house music director that did music for hell of games right and, and and then other things and maybe voiceover and then that was my like I'm thinking like long term like that yeah. where other managers might be like oh it's EA they got hella money yeah let's Let me just, just charge them up right now 40 racks yeah and they may be like the guy who's controlling a budget or who, who's controlling that project is a huge Dell fan so they may push to get that money to Dell but then after that that's it that's it they're not gonna they're like damn I'd love to get Dell's shoes in there and see if he wants to be a character but mm-hmm. If it was forty bucks for this song, I must be hella money. I'm, yeah. I can't even ask him for that. Yeah. You know? So that's really important. So okay, uh, and, and I'll throw one more thing in there: yeah. is knowing what your daily cost for doing business is too. Is right. like you make sure you know that and right. and know that you know you have to make. Let's just say that number is five hundred dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have that money just to break even. Right. So knowing that too, and knowing and calculating all those kind of things into it, knowing you know how much is your website costing you, you know how right. much how much is your insurance costing you, you know taxes, business licenses, all that kind of right. stuff. Knowing all that stuff and knowing what that number is for each day, that's super helpful. And that was like, you know, my wife and business partner Eula helped me with that because I'd be, you know, oh for that, eh, that a thousand and she's like dude do you know how much it costs for us to get liability insurance just to allow you to go do that right and remember you have to pay for paint yeah and then you have to pay for gas yeah and then you have to you know like and i would just never think about those mm-hmm. things and this is the lesson of um gross versus net yeah and there's a story that one of the artists that in la that you know that i know that i worked with for a while and we were on tour in canada and I had just started managing Dell, so I came back to my, my original boys like, yo, I understand how to do this right, right? I understand, like, Dell has an attorney. Yeah. He tells me that there's this and that. And so I was explaining gross and net. I'm like, dude, so on tour, I'll collect all the money, and I'll just give you guys per diem. And at the end of the tour, 
we'll tally up the total, which is the gross, minus all the expenses, right. and then pay you know, the percentages out to the you know your staff and your team and your management. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nah, just pay out every night. I'm like, well, if you're paying out every night and I'm getting, let's say me, I'm getting 10% as your tour manager and you're just, I'm giving you 2000 you're telling me to take 200 out right that night. That's not factoring in like rental, gas, hotel yeah. that you're paying. Yeah. And But some artists are just like, yeah, just give me the money. And so a, a lot of artists would assume that the money you make from a, a project is net money that goes in your pocket. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so... You know, understanding your your nut, I guess they call it in, yeah. in the touring. Like, what is your what is your base nut to function? Yeah, you know, and just you know, it doesn't mean you always have to abide by that when you negotiate, but it helps to be aware of it exactly like, and know what your you costs know. are, know what's you know what it's costing you to be out on the road, like you know yeah. those hotels, the gas, like the rental car, yeah, all that stuff adds up. All of that, and I, and I, we've and I've watched some of my friends now because I, I switched out of art. Uh, visual. I mean, I, I switched out of music management, got more into like visual art management, um, and just project management for people who do large scale murals. And you know, you'll see like this big old wall, and they'll get twenty five grand. And twenty five grand sounds like a lot for a mural, but then you're looking. There's at a lot this of paint wall, on that wall. Oh my god, they're up there for two and a half weeks, and there's yeah. lifts, yeah, and there's insurance, and there may be extra babysitter daycare because you know like there's all of a sudden 25 grand for a mural like the net maybe there's four artists on it maybe three grand per yeah it sounds good when you get that number but at the end of the day it's not as good as you thought it was no and like even on dell tours when when we had it at its best of gross and net on the nationwide tour eula got it to where dell needs to at least net 60 percent and the first few years when Eula finally started doing accounting, he was not. Yeah. Like just the way we, we way we were paying people out and the mm-hmm. way we we're doing things, it wasn't it wasn't benefiting Dell. Yeah. Because we we're paying out every night to every artist and different things and we didn't until I had an adult come in and help me do this <laughs> right. They're like, No, 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 just pay everybody a per diem. Right. It's like, you know, if they need money, give that a little weekly. spending money. Yeah. And then tally it up because there's there's gonna be expenses that you're not accounting for. And if at the end of the tour all the artists, all the like you know, merch guy and DJ and hype man and all these people are paid, then all these expenses that come later, that means Dell's solely paying them. Right. And that's not fair to the person who's the reason why we're so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> know know your overhead. Yep. That's real. So going back to this, um, do you have an agent or a manager? I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. Um, currently, I I don't do a lot of freelance work right. because I am staffed with the NFL. So I'm there right. five days a week, you know, 365 days of the year. Right. I'm there. And so a lot of my negotiations are just, you know, one-offs, you know, right. with, as people, things come up. But I do have a an agency that represents my licensing. Okay. So they license all my photography i have that's the associated press right and i have about seventy five thousand photos up there on their website Jeez. right now for purchase right right yeah okay so and you I, do i would say right, good 95 percent of those are uh football <laughs> <laughs> right so what what would you say the benefits are of having some type of agent or management representation well for me having them as my um image licensing agent 
it gets my imagery out on a very large scale worldwide. Right. You know, so you could have somebody in, you know, Brazil, Germany, somewhere so, somewhere buying a football photo of Tom Brady. Right, right, right. You know, right. so it, it gets your imagery out there. It gets you to their client base. Because they, you know, they've been around for 150 plus years. Right. You know, they they're, have a lot of clients and members. Clients, right. Every newspaper, you know, probably can go to their site and get photos. Right, right. So, obviously, an uh, agent or a manager can mm-hmm. help do things and reach places you Absolutely. can't Absolutely. do. Right. Yeah. And if I, if I wasn't working at the NFL and was just working as a commercial photographer, I would have an agent. Right. Or an agency. Right. Representing my work. Right. Because what would some of the hardships be if you were freelance and you did not have a manager or an agent? Well, I think it's it's you need that team in place to help, you know, with productions, help find, um, you know, assistance, maybe help with travel, all that kind of stuff. And an agency can help you with that. Right. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, I mean, you could build essentially build your own team if you want to right you know but knowing that there are places out there that have these people in place to help right not to mention there's a accounting and mm-hmm. tracking and yep yeah it's not art fun yeah all right so what is one of the one of your most favorite parts of having your art be your career i think it's seeing your work out in public Seeing, right. you know, driving down a, a freeway and seeing your work on a billboard. Right. You know, that doesn't yeah, get yeah. old. That's a graffiti writer feeling. I'm <laughs> right, like, yeah. right. You know, Feel like, that. like, and that happens, you know, seeing your, seeing your work in magazines, newspapers, you know, like, you know, growing up, you know, in college, you know, I wanted to work at Sports Illustrated, you know, and I remember getting my first photo in Sports Illustrated magazine. I got that magazine delivered to my house every Wednesday. Right. You know, and we'll open it up and look at the photos. I got it just for the photos. Never read the articles. Right, right. <laughs> You're like, hey, yeah. I'm a photographer. But, you know, like those kind of things. Like, that's what I love is seeing my work and seeing people engage with my work. Right. Dope. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's your least favorite thing of having your art be your primary career? I think, um, you know, in... And I'll I'll say this, but preference it that I am a staff photographer. But it's, I think the worst part about being an artist is not knowing when you're next. And this could go for any any job that's in freelance in nature, mm-hmm. you know, a contractual or things like that. You know, is not knowing when that next check is coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the worst part. You but know, that's and, not for you. So, what is your <laughs> least favorite part? The my least favorite part of having your art be your your primary career. I don't I don't think I don't think I have one. Look, I'm doing I'm doing my dream job. I'm shooting football for a living. Right, you're like, dude, look, like, I'm shooting fucking football. Uh, right. Like I'm go you know, I'm going to <laughs> right. you know, I'm going to a football game tonight. You right. know, when we're done here, you know, I'm going to the Super Bowl, you know, I do drafts, I travel around the world. Right. Like, you know, I'm in a I'm in a great okay, spot. So, so there are not many things that are too bad. No. There's got to be something that's your least. So what's your what are your least I, favorite things about? No, I'll say this. I think you know sometimes as an artist you want to do you want to create the art that you want to create. Right, right, right. You know, and sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you have to create the art that others want you to create. Right, right. You know, so some sometimes I'm not always shooting the you know the fun glamorous stuff. You know, right. like portrait work or something. You know, Tom Brady. Right. Things like that. You know, sometimes you're you're shooting, um, you know, just standard stuff that do, it's not very exciting. Right, right. You know, and, and but you have to sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a that's one that I hear of, mm-hmm. you know, um a lot of my friends who are artists whether they're professional graphic designers or 
full-time mural artists or yeah is that you know since they do that for a living um they don't get to do just what they used to do before they had this career which is like right do whatever i want to do right that, and that's what we were doing you yeah. know when we're traveling around to you yeah. know out in the middle of Right, the highway in the mountains somewhere taking photos. You know, yeah, you're not just like, hey, climb up on that rock with your record case and just yeah, fill, you know, pull up you know, some records. Like, right, we could do right, that right. kind of stuff now. Now it's like uh, you, you, a lot more of people telling us what we they need us to do. Right, 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 you know? right, right. I'd love to just travel around and shoot, you know, some skateboard stuff and right, you know, music stuff and you know, right. have fun. At, just you know, mix but, it up. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of times like things that I want to shoot. Right, just people don't need or necessarily or want you know right they, right like i i shoot a lot of football they want you know action photos right you know so they don't the want right. they don't want some like you know they don't pan, want pan blur photo of someone <laughs> running or like you know like, hey let me silhouette this person they right. want to see like the face they want to see right you know right they don't want a super artsy photo they exactly don't want christian mccaffrey like reading or drawing in his no. book no no they want him running with the football right fast <laughs> <laughs> through tackles yeah right right you're like dude there's, there's not much wrong with I can't. I, there's, dude, I shoot football. Right. I'll be slapping, <laughs> fucking <laughs> Brock Purdy's ass in like a few hours. Yeah, just, you pow, know, as he goes by, it's you know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I don't think Fred I think Warner fist bumps me. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that you know not everyone is in the same position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, it could um, be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're saying you're grateful. I am. I am. I'm. I love doing my job. I love going to work every day. You know, and it. And I've been lucky enough. This is my 17th season doing it. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. It's good you don't have like this wanderlust of like, (laughs) what's next? I've done this forever. I want to go veer off and shoot pickleball. Yeah, I do get asked that a lot. You know, people like, well, what else do you want to, where are you going to go next? I'm like, what do you mean, where do I want to go next? Like, I'm doing what I want to do. Like, this is great. This game is ever changing. Right. The players are ever changing. You're watching people go from like unknown kids to Hall of Fame players and all in between. Exactly. You know, right. Literally, like sometimes in a matter of minutes, you know, when they're drafted. Right. You know, they go from, you know, wherever they came from to millionaires. Like right then. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, I listen to a podcast called Crime and Sports, and they do a lot of, uh, you know, episodes about athletes who've Lost came up. from nothing, went through everything, and did wild ass stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Ray Roof type stuff, and yep. it's really fascinating. But like, you get to see these young hopefuls. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to see the Aaron Hernandez's and the Ray Caruths and and you know, pick one, um, and and they're just kids. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're doing a lot of adult stuff. <laughs> a lot of adult stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on and off the field at that point. Right, I guess. right. I mean, yeah, even yeah. like now with you know college kids getting money, right? You know, for name and likeness. Yeah, you know, th- like that's opening up a whole nother thing. Like you got to start teaching all these kids very young now about business, right? <laughs> money they're management. being thrown into the business world, right? And that's what that's what sports is. That's what all this stuff is is business, you right? Know? And learning how to manage your money. And you know, we the NFL does you know different different things trainings and whatnot like the symposiums you know, and the stuff symposiums and you know and, and i've been to some of those like, yeah and and they tell you like hey there's gonna be people that ask you for game tickets there's gonna be people right. ask you for this like be careful right just be aware of that and it's like they're just deaf with the sounds mm-hmm. of their chained jingling yep. and just yep. money <laughs> yep. just like don't even hear any of this stuff yeah. until yeah and that's yeah that's wild so uh, what were some of the biggest mistakes you've made 
in your process of turning your art into a career, like along your way? I think it's, you know, I definitely think I had some hiccups, you know, um, just not understanding like what my worth has been sometimes, you know, where, you know, you're, and you see this a lot with, with younger people is, you know, knowing the value of owning your copyright and, right. and different things like that, you know, when you're doing work and, you know, knowing what the, like you see people like, oh, they're get they're getting paid to go shoot a football game, right. but they're giving up their copyright and they're making 500 bucks. Right. right you know, right. but, but yeah, like $500 sounds good at the time. Right. But there's no, there's no residuals on that. There's no back end. Right. Like I got 75,000 photos that are still selling. Right. Right. You know, Damn, knowing, so you're like a, that. you're like a, a recording artist. You got, you get royalties of licensed photos and you get mm-hmm. geez, uh, monthly checks yeah. <laughs> and and that's and that's just like in any business you're trying to get your your money to work for you while you're yeah sleeping. you want that passive residual yeah. you don't want to always have to work to earn them you want it to yeah that's yeah the, that's really cool i mean that's the i think one of the most overlooked or missed or just not known things about people who aren't in photography yeah is that these are like compositions or like songs and you don't, you know, some you may sell some to a company, but you usually license, mm-hmm. and a license that means just money every time somebody licenses it. Yep, yeah, it's the same. You know, music photos. You know, it's a, it's a, it's it's an IP that you're licensing for use. Right, right. Whether it's for a video game or a magazine or anything. So, have you, in your side of the of the the artistic world, have you had to deal with any looming thoughts about AI? Um, I think we're trying to figure out how to, uh, use it right. in a sense for, um, workflows, things right. like that. You right. know, um, obviously there, there's definitely like that, you know, thought in the back of your mind of like, Oh, is this going to replace me? Because someone can just make the photo themselves. Right. You right. know, you on just a computer. Tell them what you were looking for. And they exactly. just have a thousand computers in the stadium and, and just shooting, you know, maybe, maybe that is the reality of where we're going. It could, right, right. you know, but I think there's also ways to embrace AI and, you know, we're looking at different ways. Like how can we use AI to recognize who a player is and add that player name into the metadata for the photo? Right. You know, facial right. recognition, things like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Trying to cut down on time. And right. work in your workflows is always, uh, you know, you're trying to push those boundaries. Right. It's another form of technology that yep. at one point in time, people were afraid of phones and mm-hmm. digital drum machines and digital photography. And yeah. it's going to be the end of photography or the end yeah. of music. And it's like, it's just another technological tool. Yep. Yep. And, can, and it's learning how to use it and learning how to adapt to it. Right. You know, and I mean, we're using, you know, different technologies to send photos straight from our cameras from the field right. to our editors in another city. Right. That's you know. wild. Yeah. That is wild. Um so okay, real quick, one more one more like football type question. Mm-hmm. So tell me about some of the hazards that you've encountered on the field shooting. Well, there's a lot of big guys out there. Yes. Um I've gotten my foot stepped on by a lineman. Oh, um, with cleats. A cleated lineman. A cleated yes. lineman. That did not go over well. Oh. Um I've been hit with footballs. <laughs> I've, <laughs> yeah, I've I can see that. um you know, had to go into kind of the a fetal tuck position as guys come jumping over me a few right, times. Because if you're shooting in the end zone, yep, you're guys right. run out of the end zone. They're, they're you're right there. Right, the momentum <laughs> they can't stop at the white line. They exactly. the momentum wants to carry them out. And that and that that beigeish yellow vest doesn't fully protect you from. <laughs> yeah, that um, hundred percent cotton vest is not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, because you wow, because you're so close to the game, like you're. 
I mean, you have lenses that obviously can zoom hella far, but you're still pretty close. Right. We're, we are about, I don't know, I want to say maybe six feet from the white line. Right. Behind right. the white line. And is there are there any times ever that you're on the field shooting? Yes. Um, pre and post game. Okay. We're, right, we're right, out right. there. You know, pregame, you know, guys are warming up, warming stretching, up, throwing. Right. Things right. like that. We're out there doing that kind of stuff. And then post game, everyone goes on the field. You can get their, you know, post game handshakes, the coaches, the right. quarterbacks, you know, always find each other. Right, right, right. You're so you don't get to go out during a huddle. No, not really. Like, they frown on that. During the play clock, you're like, Okay guys, yeah. you guys have twenty seconds. Get out there. Yep. Get no, a photo. Get out. They they don't like that. But <laughs> right. And what is what is your what do you think the overall relationship is between like the photographer and the players? I think there's good relationships out there, you know, and for someone like me, I, I am out there, you know, every week they see you, you meet people, right. you, they, we share photos with all the players as well and the clubs. So, right, you know, right. so players will be like, Hey, can you get, can you get this? They'll grab you. They'll come get you to take photos for them, okay. you know, and then they, they get those photos like post game. Right, right. So we use different technology. We can deliver photography to the players and video. So when they get, back to their locker room they can have they can you know 20 photos room. waiting for them that's crazy to use on their social handles right and and, and unlike <clears throat> let's say mlb nfl is much more <laughs> progressive when it comes to like embracing social media mm -hmm. and having players and be able to like utilize the the content oh yeah absolutely yeah. we we do everything we can to get them highlight videos and and that's just engagement you know it's engagement with fans yeah you, you know would think that would be common sense right now yeah. but not every league thinks that yeah we yeah. do we do um, everything we can to get players and clubs content, you know, right. and they and and they're sharing of content, you know, both ways too, where the clubs are sharing content with us for our social channels, right? We're right. sharing content with them for their social channels and the players as well, right? And so when it comes to like training camps and preseason, is is your staff disseminated across the country, or is like outside contract photographers, or how does that work? We have a team of photographers that are contracted um, by the season. Mm -hmm. that are um located around the country okay so there it's kind of more like a like zones or like regions right but does it all like trickle back up to you or to your your team yeah so then yeah. all the all the photos come back to our la office okay like live during a game and we have editors we have a team about 10 people in the la office you know on a sunday we're just constantly just yep yep just wow. you know and we're you know probably you know two to three hundred photos from a, from each game that right. are coming back to uh, to us right right okay what would be considered a bad photo from a game that's just like this ain't gonna work i think you know obviously focus you right. know like football is one of those sports you got you know a bunch of guys like crashing into each other full speed right you may not see faces you may you know right you may get blocked by other players. You know, there's a lot of people out on the field. Right. You know, when things are happening. You're like, I'm going trying to, to get that dude and this yeah. lineman is Ex always, you know, you're, he's too big. You're going to get things like that. You're going right. to get, and things that happen, you know, in milliseconds, you know. Right. And so if somebody twists just a little bit, you might not see their face anymore. You might miss the ball or something. Right. You know, and so there's a lot of things that could just make a photo not work. Right. Now, what's a great photo? What are, what are some of like the, the, specifics like is having seeing their like face or eyes or is that i think it's always or? it's always good to see their face see their eyes you know and it, it's tough when they're wearing a face mask you know or like a visor like a visor like yeah so it's always take off your face <laughs> your visor yeah. it's always being able to see making sure technically that's a good photo too you know making right. sure it's sharp making sure the colors look right right 
exposure is correct, things like that. Right. So you're not allowed to use like artsy filters. You don't want to use like the cat face on the player. Uh, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we leave that. We leave that to the end user. Right. Right. You guys can crop off. Yeah. This face and put him on this team jersey because you're hoping that one day he'll play for exactly for this team. Okay. All right. Well, let me get one one quote that's really helped you in your in your career. Like one mantra. Like you know, like like I always say, like one early six to me is, you know. Like the race is not for the swift, but for the ones who endure, because it's a long game. We're all money and good money type things. But I, I think one um, that really resonates for me is, and this is kind of like my mantra in life is, uh, when you can be calm, you will always be happy. Right. You know, that, that's a good one. Yeah. When you can be calm, you can always be happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, before we go, since you're from the Bay, uh. What is your give me your guess record for the Niners this year? Oh, we're we're going um I like how you said we are. Yeah, like we see. Okay, we, so he, he's a fan. He's a, I I say we're going uh 13 wins. 13 playoffs. wins. So it's we're eight, going, we're, 18 game seasons now. Mm-hmm. 13 and 5. Yeah, I mean that's 13 wins will be five losses. And and we're pro- I we're in contention for the championship game. Okay. Last one. Over, under, uh, Brock Purdy starting games, let's say, let's put the over, under at eight. Yes. You'll take the over? Yes. So he will play more than eight yes. games? Okay. Good. Yes, because he, he has to. Because he then, has to. <laughs> if we're not, then my prediction <laughs> of wins is wrong. <laughs> right. No, we, we, we need Brock Purdy to be healthy. We need him, you know, playing like he was. Right. Last season, okay, and we have we have good surrounding team around him too. Yeah, yeah, the offensive line. I hope mm-hmm. like that. That's a really important part. That very important. When we hear about the our greatest strengths of the team. Yeah, we hear about McCaffrey and we hear about Boza. And we yeah. hear about Fred Warner and Ayuk and Debo, yeah. and we don't hear a lot about the O line other than Trent yeah. Williams over on the left side. Yes. So let's hope someone else picks up that slack because. Brock needs to have two functional arms. Exactly. It was very exactly. helpful for our chances to win. So, okay. Yeah. Well, shit. I think that'll be it. We'll leave it at that. Thank you for Th- getting taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, this has been fun. Yes. A little change of pace. I'm glad yeah. we could do this. This is... I was going to say the Black Russian Podcast. This, this is not the Black Russian Podcast. <laughs> Wait, what this am is, I on again? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> this is Art to Empire Podcast Season 2. Ben Liebenberg, let's go.
Thank you.